So just to let you know, the plan is to have her here on site six days a week. She's not open Sundays, so you're still going to get free coffee out the back. Um, but what we've, what we've been doing over the last few months is clocking how many people walk the little D through our church, right? Um, and we get anywhere from uh, 20 to 25 families every single morning walk through that little D um, on their way over to school. And so we wanted to create an opportunity to connect with those people. Um, and one of the things I love about Mel is her heartbeat for just sharing Jesus through that ministry. What do we know about our community? Everyone drinks coffee. Um, and so we were like, if this gives them an opportunity to stop, ask some questions about Northgate, about Solace, about what we're doing, we wanted to encourage that and give... Um, just more opportunities to build bridges into our community. Um, I want to encourage Mel, uh, if you've got other questions about Mel and the, the coffee shop and what she does, I'd love you to talk to her afterwards and ask her any questions about what her heartbeat is behind that. Um, if they're logistics questions like where do you park and where is it going, come and talk to me, I can explain some of that. Um, but I really want you to capture kind of the heartbeat of what she's trying to accomplish. Um, and it's just, uh, I think f heading into January, it's going to create a really uh, excellent energy on site. Um, end of January, we're looking to do it for the start of school as an opportunity to connect with all those people. Does that sound good? Yeah. Awesome. Um, Mel, we're excited. Thanks for coming and joining us today. So am I. <laughs> um, stick around afterwards. Um, the other thing is, you don't just do coffee, do you? No, we're famous for our street food with the Asian twist. So we have really good, really high ratings on Google as well. For so butter chicken and for rendang. Actually, a lot of my customers I didn't know already came from this area. And I yeah. wondered why I didn't see them that often, even though they rave about our food. And when I put it out there just yesterday, a lot of them all came out of the woodwork going, woohoo, can't wait, and <laughs> that we're moving here. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Mel. Appreciate Thank you. it. You can grab a seat. <laughs> By the way, that's her hubby, Luke, with her. He'll be the one who's actually going to try and do the three-point turn, right? No, 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 you're not. Okay. All right. Not a problem. Um, team, open up your Bibles to Matthew 2, yet again. Um, one of the things I want to do is talk through the story of Jesus, right? This is the love we're trying to share with our community. This is the person who transforms lives. This is the... Uh, hero of Hebrews uh, that uh, Anthony spoke to. This is the reason why um, Mel has a cafe is because she wants people to know about Jesus. Um, and what I wanted to do is step through another player in the story of Jesus. And that second player, although there are multiple, is the story of the Magi. So one of the things that happens in Matthew 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, the Magi came from the east, coming to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is being born, King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east. We have come to worship him. This is the same passage as last week. And then when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. And when they had called together all the people of the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them, where the Christ was to be born, in Bethlehem, in Judea. Where did they figure that out from? Well, they figured that out from Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, you are small amongst the clans of Judah, and out of you 
will come for me, the one who will be the ruler over all of Israel, whose origins are from old and ancient times. So how is it the Magi know about this? How is it the teachers know about this? Well, the original term Magi kind of is where we get the idea magic. Um, And it would be wrong for you to assume that these are magicians. These are people who are learned of ancient texts and studies, which is why they are often called magi or the wise men. The thing is, is that um, for an ancient Near East culture, which we're kind of talking about here, there's no difference between um, the spiritual forces of Yahweh and black magic, okay? Is that um, you have these individuals who are committed to studies of old and ancient texts, and some of them have mystical powers. And so what often gets is this kind of giant umbrella of magi, a wise person who potentially can predict the future, can heal people, and that may be of Yahweh, that may be of some other um, force of nature um, or force of demon. Uh, But for antiquity, they fall under this big umbrella of magi, okay? And so the thought is, is that these guys are probably from the tribe of Medes. They had a priestly function within the Persian Empire, okay? And so sometimes these guys are classified as priests, although not in the line of Yahweh. Um, And so these wise men can discern um, stars. They can interpret dreams. You might remember this from Daniel. The implication is, is when the king has an issue with his dream that he can't understand, what does he go and get? He goes and gets a magi. Come and discern this dream for me. Um, And so uh, what we see in the New Testament, you see it in uh, Acts 8, 9 uh, and Acts 13, is that um, this term magi is just extended to anyone who embraces magical arts, good, bad, whatever it might be, they're magi. And so these individuals come along. Are there three of them? Maybe. The way we get to three is because there's three gifts. Could be as many as 12. Do they have names? Well, some uh, Christian t- traditions do give them names. Um, um, Mel- Melchior, Caspar, and Balthazar. Are they royal officials? Maybe, maybe not. You see, Simon Magnus in Acts 8 practices magic. He's described as a magi. Um, Bar-Jesus, who opposes Paul in Acts 13, is magi. He's got a royal connection. I think the deeper thing that is important for us to unravel here is that for a person living in the time of Jesus, there is no difference between those who are operating within Yahweh's spiritual world and those who are performing black magic. They're just magi. And this is the thing. 
is that for a culture like this, it's not unusual to see miraculous things and incredible things and magical things because this is the culture that Jesus was born into. Magic, divination, sorcery, enchantment, witchcraft, they're all connected, right, to this kind of superhuman or occult powers and people would just say, well, that's the magi who can do extraordinary things. They were all through Egypt and Babylon. You can see this in Genesis 41, Exodus 7, 22, 18, Daniel 1, 2, 10, 27, 4, and 9. They're all over the place. There is a deep connection to magic. We've got a deep connection to magic, don't we? Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Twilight. I mean, I'm talking about media, right? Stranger Things, just about every single anime cartoon you could think of, Chronicles of Narnia. Like, I mean, the, we could sit here, couldn't we, and list all the different movies or TV shows that we adore because there is something magical about them. Some of us might even go to a magical kingdom where a mouse is king because there's something about fairy tales and a realm that we cannot see that speaks to our soul, doesn't it? When Jesus comes and dies on the cross, who is it that he sends to live in our hearts? The Holy Spirit. The Holy who? Spirit. We've all got a little magic inside of us. But we're scared to talk about it because we don't know how to frame up a conversation about this. But for ancient Near East culture, for the period of time that we're talking about here for the Israelites, there's like Jews... Diviners, mystics, sorcerers are everywhere. We have a fascination with magic, and yet we are empowered by the one true Spirit of the Lord, the most powerful spiritual force on earth. I'm always fascinated with the story of Elijah and the, the fact that he spends his time by a stream getting fed by ravens. Right? Like you read this story, he's just getting fed and then he gets angry one day because it all stops. Right? And there was like this spiritual preparation because in the very next passage he battles the prophets of Baal. The best of the best diviners. Go up against one person and he pours water over the altar. It's drenched with water. And he calls on the name of Yahweh. Set it to flame. That's pretty magical. If you were present at that time and you doubted the power of Yahweh to see one individual go against 99 
prophets, magicians of Baal. And they're whipping themselves and they're cutting themselves, trying to set their bone dry altar on fire. And nothing happens. One man empowered by one God, equipped with one spirit, calls on the name of Yahweh. An entire city is transformed. No question about magic. Why? Because Elijah knows. Of all the magi, <laughs> I serve the great Yahweh. Empowered by his spirit. For a particular purpose at a particular time. It's the same power that lives inside of us, right? The Jesus story doesn't end with Jesus. It goes on about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit to what? Grant insight, wisdom, discernment, along with a whole bunch of other miraculous giftings. You read the story of, um, of Paul and you read through Acts and people are coming and being healed. Stand up and walk again. A dude falls asleep during a message and falls out of a window and they heal him and he pops up to full health. These are miraculous, magical events that happen at the hand of the Holy Spirit, empowered by God. I think there's such an extraordinary opportunity as we talk into a community who loves magic about the one true magic. Like I, 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 like, I liken the idea of um, Paul walking through the marketplace and sees, sees to an unknown God, right? And he, he says, can I talk to this? Because I know this God. And you've got him here listed as unknown. Let me speak to the unknown God and about how power. What, what is he doing? Is he's acknowledging culture's obsession with gods and he's clarifying because he's seen behind the veil. And it's such an easy jump, right? Like, I mean, I don't care where you stand with Harry Potter. You can love it, you can hate it, you can think it's demonic, wherever you sit with it, right? But there's this extraordinary part of it where there are muggles who are people who don't have magical powers and then there's magical people who are like Harry Potter, right? And there's a veil between them. And there's a moment where the veil is lifted and you go, oh my goodness, I feel like I could have a sermon on this because I know the truth. And I know how the veil is lifted. And I know what this is a representation of. And we could go down the list. Well, Lord of the Rings is easy because we know he loves Jesus. So we feel like that's a pretty easy conversation to have. But the thing about Tolkien, Tolkien was assessed with um, fairy, F-A-E-R-I-E, right? And so he has this whole theology of fairy tale, which is the, which is the conversation of magic and story. And he weaves Christ into it, and it's extraordinary. And I think for, for, for a community today who is thirsty to escape the mundane, which is the truth about magic, right? Like, 
If I've got a magician up here and he starts pulling rabbits out of the hats, so you're like, yes, check out for a bit. Because there's something extraordinary about it, right? We want to be whisked away to the magical. And yet we are empowered through the Spirit of God with the most magical thing on earth. We're like, oh, it's, it's just here to give me some insight on which car to buy. <laughs> you're like, whoa, it's a lot more powerful than that if you're reading Scripture. Well, you know, sometimes when I'm angry, I just want the Holy Spirit to step in and give me a little more grace. It's like, oh, you're selling it short. You can do a whole lot more. And I just think we could speak in tomes to our community. We can demonstrate this in our lives. And this is not a conversation about like, cessation of miraculous gifts i don't want to have that but this is a conversation that says the most magical thing on earth lives here in each and every one of us empowered by the spirit of god as i read through acts it's just time and time again i did this and this guy got up and then you get to the ends of one of the Gospels and there was like, and there was so many other things that Jesus did, but I couldn't write it all down because it just go on for days. But he did a bunch more. I just think, so we just got the cliff notes of all the miraculous things that God did. I read the story of the Magi and I just think there's, there was this deep sensitivity to a spiritual realm that we read about, that we talk about. There's just no question about it. No weirdness to it. Yeah, there is a spiritual realm that we cannot see. And we feel weird talking about it. But why? Everyone's happy with magic. <laughs> I got the list here and I didn't even try. We just keep on adding names to it. What an incredible opportunity to talk about Christ and talk about those magicians being real, being powerful, but we know where the true power rests in the Spirit of God, in the Spirit of Yahweh, who Jesus equips us all with because of the work that he did. I am um, pumped for Christmas. I'll tell you right now. I was pumped yesterday when we were sitting in a room and we were walking around all the tables and saying hey to people, you know. G'day, how you doing? How you find out about this? Oh, so-and-so, we're connected. We've been coming for years. And it was just like... He's like, it's really easy having a conversation about God. I mean, this was like shooting fish in a barrel. There's something beautiful that happens. Like, if you go and watch Mel and her kind of native habitat, 
which right now is at Ingleside, so to be over here. There's just an ease in which he has a conversation about stuff. And in fairness too, I think it's a, it's a spirit-equipped boldness to perceive how a person is doing and to speak life into that. This is really beautiful to watch. And it doesn't come from a place of arrogance. It's a, it's a, it's a humble, gentle, uplifting, edifying, encouraging thing. No pretense. And, and that's the place that I feel like as a community, in humility, in gentleness, in living the love of Jesus, we can step in and share a deeper wisdom. And that's the extraordinary thing, I think, about the Magi. The Magi come in and see Herod. That's still a big deal. That's a royal court they go in and visit. And they say, where has been born the king of the Jews? And he freaks out and gets all his advisors together and figures out what David Copperfield just came in and asked him. Because there's no question. These guys are wise people who work in magical ways. They know something. My friends, you are wise people who work in magical ways because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Push in. Listen. Sit silently and discern as to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Jesus didn't give him as an afterthought. He gave him as the main event. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are good. Holy Spirit, that we might boldly push in on you. Lord, that we might be led by your Spirit that we might walk in your steps, that we might celebrate your truth, and that we might proclaim your goodness to this community. Lord, that you might be glorified in everything that we do. Amen. Team, um, I want to encourage you. I haven't taken up the offering. Um, one of the things we're going to do, actually, you can you pass it around now, Anne? Um, is starting next year, we're actually going to start to put um, offering um, containers, I don't know what to call them, at boxes, thank you, lockable safes at the front and the back at either exit of the building. Um, and we're going to just encourage you to give as you come in and leave rather than pass the buckets around and do that. Um, uh, we... Uh, of course, encourage you to do online giving, which you can do. Their uh, links are on our website and stuff like that as well. Um, most of the people in our church do a direct debit. And so um, we want to have a system still in place for a Sunday, especially when as, as the year progresses and we have um, various different um, mission opportunities to celebrate. We want to take up special offerings for those particular mission organizations. And so we'll have those buckets available to do that. Does that make sense? Um, and so they'll be well signposted and you'll see them. Um, just want to encourage you on that. Uh, coffee is available at the back. If you want prayer, I'm available down the front. 
Um, I'm going to stick around for a couple of minutes if you'd like some prayer. Uh, Otherwise, happy Sunday. Have a good week. Keep on inviting people to Christmas. Grab Mel. She's really friendly if you don't know who she is. Make it feel welcome, guys.